Hey listeners, welcome to episode two of season two. We are going to talk all about knowing and growing your audience today. So who's with me? Who wants more customers? I'm sure all of you are secretly raising your hands right now. I agree. We all do. And how you achieve that success of attracting your favorite customer, the audience that you love, well, it's a little bit different than you might think. There are definitely some secrets, some tricks of the trade, and I'm going to share them all with you in this episode because I want you all to have businesses that attract your favorite, best, most ideal customers to you like moths to a flame. So, are you ready to dig into knowing and growing your audience in the best possible way? Great. Let's get started. Okay, welcome listeners. We are going to talk today all about knowing and growing your audience. I know all of you so well. I know that you are not the people who are posting and praying on Instagram, right? No, that would never be you because you know far more about your target audience, or at least I hope you do. So who is your target audience? What is your target market and why? Well, we really need to know the answers to these questions in order to be that business that attracts our ideal customer in the easiest possible way. So in fact, in order to attract that customer, we have to really be able to dig in. We have to know that our target audience isn't everyone because If you try to target everyone, you're actually targeting no one because you can't be all things to all people. You have to actually define your target market so that your customer can hear your message and raise their hand and want to say, that's for me. She is speaking to me. I mean, really defining your target market is one of the most important tasks you can do as a business owner. It's the foundational element of your business strategy. And it's how you develop and name your products and services. It's how you can figure out what marketing channels to use and how to promote anything and everything that you do. So if you don't know your target audience right now, who they are, and everything about them, boy, are you going to love this episode. Because it is going to give you likely the number one thing that you want, and that is clarity. So if you are feeling confused as to which steps to take in your business, I bet you did not know it, but this is what you need. You need to know more about your target audience. Now, I know what you're thinking. But what about Amazon, right? They target everyone in the entire world. So let me go ahead and put this to rest. For four years, between 1994 and 1998, Amazon just sold books. And even then, they did it online only, which frankly, in 1994, was an extremely niche audience. In other words, Amazon had a well-defined and very specific target market when they launched. I don't know about you, but in 1994, I remember thinking to myself, who in the world is going to buy a book online? Why would they do that when someone could just walk down to the store and purchase one? Well, Amazon knew their target audience would do that. And at the time, I wasn't their target audience. They didn't let a few people, a few naysayers who said this will never work. What a crazy, dumb idea. It doesn't appeal to the masses. They didn't let that deter them. And instead, they went after their target market to serve them that niche in the best possible way they could better than anyone else. And then, 
good old Jeff Bezos, well, he only started to expand after four years of hard work establishing a successful business. Today is 24 years later. Amazon has earned the ability to target everyone. And here's the harsh reality. You haven't. Because you're not Amazon, or at least I don't think Jeff Bezos is listening to this podcast right now, maybe in the future, but not right this minute. So we're not yet Amazon. You're Amazon as it was 24 years ago. And so you have to start small, just like Jedi Bezos did. See, your task in defining your target market is to identify and understand your particular niche so that you can dominate it. I want you to be the best of the best at what you do. So what is another myth that tends to prevent people other than the usual, you know, Amazon statement? Well, Another big myth is that people are afraid to get highly specific, right? They're worried that, you know, that will cut off their ability to sell to others, to serve them. So let's clear that up for a minute too. This is all about your targeting efforts, your marketing behind your products and services, People, we are not stopping anyone from buying your product or service. It's just merely we aren't going to market to them. Anyone can still buy from you. They're just not your top focus when it comes to creating your marketing strategy. You're not going to ask, is this person right on Instagram? Or does my person live on LinkedIn and because, you know, you can sell to both people, you have to try to dominate both? No, you are going to let that idea go because the person that is on LinkedIn can still purchase from you on Instagram if they find you there. We will not stop them. We are still going to be open to serve them. It is just that we know where our majority of our target market lives and where they spend their time. And that is where we are going to spend our time with them. Because we can't target everyone, but we can sell to everyone. I'm going to repeat that again. You can't target every bu- everyone, but you can sell to everyone. See, rather, target marketing allows you to focus your marketing dollars, right, and your brand message on a specific market that's more likely to buy from you than from other markets. And this is much more affordable. It makes your efforts more efficient And it is just frankly far more effective when you are trying to reach potential clients and generate business. Instead, you can imagine your efforts would become very diluted if you felt the need to attempt to keep up with every single platform, every single tool available to you. In today's day and age, it is simply impossible. So if you feel spread thin between YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and all of the other tools available to you, pick one. Pick it. Figure out which one your target audience spends the most time on and spend the majority of your marketing dollars, your efforts behind that platform. Because all you are doing in trying to reach everyone on every platform is diluting your message, and then you get lost. I say it to clients all the time. Very often, it is not the price or piracy that is the problem and why you aren't selling your services or products to enough people. It is obscurity. 
Obscurity is the problem. Again, you don't likely need to change your prices and you probably don't have to fear putting the information out there, worrying about someone stealing it from you. So instead, worry so much more about overcoming obscurity by putting your attention in one format, targeting one amazing audience that you really want to serve. Guess what the key word was in that last sentence? You. The audience that you want to serve, not the audience most likely to buy your product or service, not the, the audience most likely in need, not the audience most likely to be the low-hanging fruit. I want you to figure out who you want to serve. Who have you served in the past that was your favorite customer ever? Envision him or her. Think about what that person did, right, that made your experience with them so fantastic. And as you guys like probably have gotten used to, I want you to go through the actual process of writing down what made that customer great. So take a minute. I can wait. Even if you are driving right now, you can tick off in your mind a few of the qualities or characteristics that made that person so enjoyable. What were they? What made that experience with them fantastic? And when you think of those characteristics, then you likely suddenly realize that there is a specific person, a specific consumer, a specific target market that that person lies within that you would like to serve. That target market lights you up. It gets you excited about your business. And we no longer want to serve people that do not light us up. Why? Because you can go back and listen to the episode before this, all about how critical it is that you show up in a certain way to your business and how it affects your profits when you don't. So go listen to that episode. But it is so important for you to come at this conclusion of who your target audience is by determining it from your perspective versus going out and merely doing research on who will buy this product or service or who they, right, who some, you know, unknown factory out there says that you need to sell to. So let me give you an example. An interior designer could choose to market to homeowners between the ages of 35 and 65 with incomes of 150,000 or plus in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana area. And to define their market even further, right? This person, this company could choose to target only those interested in kitchen and bath remodelings and those that want traditional style renovations. This market could even be broken down into two more niches. They want to do these kitchen and bath remodels for parents on the go. Or let's say this person is an expert interior designer who does kitchen and bath remodels in a traditional style for retiring baby boomers. Now, that is is what a specified target market looks like. And can they do projects for people that do not fit within that target market? Absolutely. For sure they can. 
They can sell their services to other people who approach them and say, hey, I saw you did a great job for my friend's mother. I would like you to do it for me, despite the fact that they were a baby boomer. I am, you know, a 40-something who would also like the same service. And she can then decide whether she wishes to perform that service for that individual or not. Right? Whether she would like to perform the services for someone that's outside of her niche or not. But it's up to her. And the beautiful thing about it is because that niche is so well defined, because it is narrow, it's pretty easy to be able to refer her to someone else. Imagine yourself, obviously, back in the day when we had cocktail parties or ran into each other on the street and actually got to have a conversation, maybe even in a Starbucks. You guys know how much I love my Starbucks. And you were asking someone, hey, do you know an interior designer who can do a kitchen remodel? Now, do you anticipate that Susie Q would have been top of mind? Or do you think that, you know, Amanda over here would have been top of mind who just markets herself as a good interior designer? Which one? I think you would conclude that Susie Q, our interior designer who specializes in kitchen and bath remodels, would most likely get the recommendation that when someone is asking with specificity, what we find statistically is that the audience finds it easier to refer that person because they are able to recall, right, exactly the solution to their friend's problem is solved by the exact same language that this interior designer used. See, at the end of the day, our customers are merely walking around with problems and they are looking for solutions to their problems. And they are wondering whether or not you, as the business owner, can solve their problem. And so as they walk around the marketplace and they ask people for referrals, they are looking for a specific solution. They are not looking for the general jack-of-all-trades. I mean, when was the last time you asked for a general jack-of-all-trades to be referred to you anyway? I mean, let's be realistic, right? When was the last time you said, yes, I definitely need my knee replaced and let me just have any old doctor who just is general and doesn't specialize in anything? Never. And yet we run our businesses exactly that way, hoping that other people can somehow miraculously remember the 12 different clients, type of clients we serve in all the different kinds of target markets because we can do anything. And as I tell my clients all the time, just because we can doesn't mean we should. And so why again? Do we need to understand who our target market is? Well, let me tell you. The better you understand your target market, the better you'll be able to target them again with relevant content, messaging. Feel like your audience actually is reading the information you put out there. Wouldn't that feel great? And as your depth of your audience insight grows, you will begin then to see higher conversion rates and a better return on your ad spend and your investment, even investment of time. And all of these are key metrics that matter to your business and its eventual growth. I mean, that's why we're here, right? Because majority of you are looking for information that will allow you to move on to the next stage of your business right? You're stuck, you're bored, you want the next challenge. And instead, oftentimes, we think the addition of more products, more services, more, more, more is what we need to get us there, 
to get us to that next level of growth or that we need to change our pricing structure or something is wrong, right? Or that, you know, maybe the problem is that too many people have been, you know, stealing our content. Not true. Instead, you can see that you need to do the opposite of what you feel urged to do and niche down and make sure that you are willing to define very clearly to everyone you know exactly where you focus and exactly who you serve. Because a target market is the specific group of people you want to reach with your message. So is your client receiving your message right now? How do you know if they're receiving it? Well, one of the best ways to know is, are you busy? Or are you struggling? If you're busy, that's a great indication that you are connecting well with your target market. They are hearing your message and it is resonating. Continue to pour gasoline on that fire and do more of it. Take a risk and double down. But if you're not yet seeing that the audience is clamoring after what you have to offer, maybe, maybe it's the fact that you have been too scared to narrow down to narrow down your message so that it contains specific language that the end user will want to raise their hand and say, that is me. That you're scared about narrowing down the characteristics or demographics or behaviors of your specific customer so that it ever exclude anyone. And if you are scared in the past, that's okay. But here's opportunity to make a shift in our efforts, our messaging, our content, so that we more clearly define the group that we are best at serving. And then we can reach out to that audience because we will know far more about where they are and how we can connect with them. Now, you can start with broad categories like millennials or single dads but the more detailed you get the more we achieve the best possible conversion rates this is why the famous consultant Peter Drucker who was really said to have come up with the concept of marketing he said the aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well the product or service fits him or her and sells itself. It sells itself. This is vital to understand. To cut through the noise of whatever is out in the marketplace, you need to create products and services and then the marketing campaigns that go along with them for a specific well-defined group of people. Because if you don't, at best, you'll have bad products or services that don't fully meet the needs and desires of your customers. But more likely, you'll have good products and services that no one will buy. And that is what I hope to help you avoid. Okay, listeners, have you heard the news? Email marketing is here to stay. In fact, email marketing converts far better with your customers than social media ever does. So are you sending regular, consistent communications to your customers? If you're not, I have the perfect tool for you. It's called Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K. It is an email marketing service provider that's built for creators, by creators. You can use it to design and send on-brand marketing emails, create opt-in forms to grow your list, and build powerful email automations. And the best part? Well, it's built by a woman 
for women. It has stunning landing pages, templates, and forms for you to be able to use that I promise even the beginner to email marketing can make Flowdesk their best friend. And in the end, you're gonna grow your email list and stay on brand using Flowdesk with these fully responsive forms. You're gonna be able to create freely without limiting your growth and connect with as many subscribers as you like. And the best part is, I've got a promo code to be able to give you to save 50% on your first month with Flowdesk. All you have to do is go to the show notes in this episode and use my promo code to get 50% off your first month of Flowdesk. Enjoy. Okay, listeners, get excited. You're about to watch your business go from the struggle bus to success. How? The Roadmap. It's my signature 90-day coaching program that will give you all of the tools you need to make your road to success a reality. And this isn't just an empty promise. At the end of the 90 days, you will feel focused, energized, and confident about the direction of your business and its future. In fact, how does this sound? Earning more in a month than you ever have before. Working with your dream clients that make your heart happy. Creating a tribe of loyal followers who engage with your content regularly. Kicking that imposter syndrome and self-doubt out of the picture. And even getting to enjoy free time because you've become a time management maven in the process. Yes, those are all just a few of the results that you will get inside this 90-day coaching program, The Revenue Roadmap. I promise it is the best tool out there on the market to give you and your business the road to the revenue growth that you're looking for. So get on the website, growwiththebrim.com. That's growwiththebrim.com the brim b-r-i-m-m dot com and apply today as marketing author philip kotler once said there's only one winning strategy and it's to carefully define the target market and direct a superior offering to that target market now your target market should be based on audience research not a gut feeling You need to be willing to learn as you go, adapt on the fly, and go after the people who really want to buy from you, even if they're not the customers you originally set out to reach. Let me say that again. It bears repeating. Because even if these are not the original customers you set out to reach, you may be surprised by what you learn along the way. You may learn that... Your product or service very often serves a totally different market than you expected. So be willing to adapt. Be willing to learn and respond accordingly. And really, there are two ways that you can identify your target market and be able to respond accordingly. You can conduct audience research to be able to understand kind of who's already reacting or interacting with your business and even the businesses kind of of your competitors. And then you can build your narrow focus kind of around that particular research. Or without a brand, you can complete, okay. (laughs) Or without a brand, you can complete four steps to be able to narrow and create your target market. The first is identify the key benefits that your business provides. How do your customers benefit? What are they? Do you talk about those benefits to your customers currently? Not the features, but the benefits. See, the benefits are those things that they get as a result not the things that you know they're experiencing while they're taking your course or getting a workbook. 
It's the results that they get, the benefit that your business provides. Will they feel different? Will they experience a transformation? Will they see things differently, shift their perspective? What is it? Identify those. The second is refine your target market. So as you identify what these benefits are, you can use those to refine who it is that needs those particular benefits. Who really right now is out there saying, I have a problem and they need this benefit to solve their problem. Then the third is stay objective, right? Continue to evaluate your target market and exactly how your products and services are being used by that target market. Be objective about whether or not it could serve a different target market even better. Or if you continue to need to to narrow down your defined niche. And then the fourth is evaluate your market segments. So look around. Look at both externally outside your business and look internally within your business. Are all the products and services that you are offering, all the segmentation of your revenue streams, are they all cohesive? Are they all serving the same audience or is there one outlier? Is there one that doesn't serve that same audience? Is there one that sticks out like a sore thumb and you know that it clearly doesn't fit? Well, don't be afraid to let that one go. Even if, as you anticipated building this business, that that would be a strong revenue stream that you would rely upon. Because when we make decisions out of fear and we continue to keep on certain segments of our business that don't make sense, again, we split our efforts and we dilute our message. So how do you conduct this current audience research? Well, I'm going to give you seven very quick ways, and I'm not going to go into big detail about this. Um, But I want to make sure that you know a couple of ways to conduct some audience research just to be able to get yourself started. So the first is just take the information that you have about your current customers and compile the data. Make sure that you know who is already using those products and services and understand, you know, a few of the defining characteristics of your existing customer base, right? I mean, depending on how someone connects with your business, you might only have a little bit of information about them or you might have a lot, but just make sure that, you know, whatever information that you have, that you are putting it into some form of a database. You know, oftentimes we can use resources like HubSpot, which is a uh, customer resource management system that is free that you can use to put in information about your customers, such as their age or their location or their interests. All relevant information about your current customer and the data that you can gather about them to make sure that you understand that target. Another is look at your website and even your social media analytics, right? It can give you some fantastic information about who is interacting with your website, who is interacting with your social accounts, right? What's the age range of people interacting And what kind of, you know, other resources are they using within social media? You can be able to look at other mentions that they have, other brands that they are following, and you can get to know so much more about the engagement of your audience with other sites and and check out some of their additional interests that way. The third is check out the competition. Now that you know who's already interacting with your business and buying your products or services, you can see, you know, 
who's engaging with the competition. Take a look at what your competitor's up to and they can help you answer some key questions potentially. Like, are your competitors going after the same market segments as you are? Are they differentiating themselves or positioning themselves in a way that's different than yours? You can get a general sense of their approach so that you can make sure that you even use words that can distinguish you from those very competitors. Now, we could get into fancy things like, you know, ranking for keywords in Google and SEO and competitive, you know, AdWords, but I won't dive into all of that. Of course, you know, those are efforts that you can make in order to, you know, appear in social media searches and, you know, be able to have your products or services rank higher. But I will tell you the same thing that I tell clients all the time, which is start small. Start with this beginning step. We don't need to swing the pendulum all the way to 10. And because we have not been defining our target audience, now we need to make sure that we are doing absolutely every single thing, like Google AdWords and SEO, you know, search engine optimization for specific keywords. Let's just start by making sure that we know who we serve that we use that particular messaging in our emails that go out in our social media and make the simple switches first. You do not have to you know, go to 10 and do all of the things. And you know who I'm talking to, you, that person that's listening, thinking to themselves, I'm freaking out right now. I cannot do all of these things. Do not worry. These are just seven options. You do not have to do all of them. Okay, number four, be clear about the value of your product or service. And this really comes down to the key distinction that all business owners have to understand again about you know, the differences between features and benefits. Knowing that you can list your features of your product all day long, like your class lasts an hour, and that you have a Facebook group, and that you, you know, will teach them X, Y, or Z. But no one's going to be convinced to buy from you unless you can explain the benefits, because people make decisions from their heart and not their head. Right, they may find all of those bits of information interesting after they have made the decision, though, to purchase from you based on what their heart or their gut has told them. And what makes their gut lean in favor of buying your product or service is the benefit they are going to receive from it. So be clear about that benefit that your particular customer is going to receive. And frankly, if I had to pick one action out of this entire episode that you do that will get you the most transformation in, you know, and results from your efforts, it is making sure that you from now on switch all of your messaging to focus on the benefits or the results that your customer gets versus constantly talking about the features of your product or service. That alone will transform things for you. So your homework is to to write out all of those benefits (laughs) that you provide. So make sure you do that instead of the features. Okay, number five is create a target market statement. This is just really a chance for you to boil everything that you've discovered down into one simple statement that defines your target audience. For me, I always think about this as the question, oh, great, you are a business coach. And I say to someone, yes, I love what I do, which hint, I do. Um, And they ask me, great, who do you work with? Right. So uh, this is where a target market statement would come into play. Right. Whether you realize it or not, you are giving a target market statement to people almost every single day about your business. You just didn't know it before now. So the target market statement is just an ability for you to have a very succinct definition of who you work with. 
So generally, I say that I love serving creative female entrepreneurs who are excited about expanding their revenue stream or starting a brand new revenue stream and wanting to grow that exponentially. I give them all of the tools to do that through a 90-day coaching program called the Revenue Roadmap, which coincidentally, I do. So let's hear how Zipcar defines their target market. They say that they work with urban dwelling, educated, techno-savvy consumers who worry about the environment that generations will inherit Zipcar is the car sharing service that lets you save money and reduce your carbon footprint, making you feel you've made a smart, responsible choice that demonstrates your commitment to protecting the environment. Now, I would say that's a bit lengthy, but um, I am certain that they had a professional who is very educated and wonderful creating that. So, but what's clear from Zipcar's target market statement is they're not targeting all residents of a particular city. They're not saying, hey, we're a car, sh- car sharing service that can, you know, pick up and give everyone a ride, right? They're not even targeting all the people in a particular city who don't own a car. They're specifically, obviously, targeting people who live in an urban area, who have a certain degree of education, who are all comfortable with technology and are seriously concerned about the environment, right? These are all things that they know about their target market, hence why they have specifically included those in their target market statement. Now, what's really fascinating about this is hopefully the moment I said something like car sharing service, you thought about Uber and Lyft. Now, with a new product coming to market like Zipcar, one of the best ways for them to be able to stand out in an already crowded market isn't to attempt to serve everyone, again, as you might have originally thought, but they're a way of being able to dive into an already crowded marketplace is to define their target market very succinctly, very appropriately with characteristics that define a a relevant group of people that they want to serve that need their services. And so they've done that really, really well. And I can guarantee that people who live in a particular city who are educated and comfortable with technology are constantly referring I'm sorry, and who are also concerned about the environment, are constantly referring Zipcar to one another. And it is that word of mouth referral because they have made their target market statement so succinct and clear that it makes that referral very easy for them, very clear and simple. So how can you create yours? Here is just a very simple activity for you to do to fill in the blanks and you can do this it says our target market is blank where you can fill in the gender aged blank and you can fill in the age range who live in blank which is the place or the type of place and these people like to and fill in the activity so I'd love for you to take a minute and be able to fill in your target market statement, a statement that really narrows your audience and use this just as a starting place, right? It doesn't have to fit into this formula, but this is just a wonderful place to get started. Our target market is blank gender, aged blank, who live in blank place or type of place and like to blank activity. So now... Number six is test social ads on your target market, right? You can have fun, right? Use, right, each situation as a lesson that you can learn from. 
right? Whether or not this particular language resonates with your exact target market once you have identified it. Try some new words, some even new social channels just to see, experiment, and God forbid, have fun with it. Enjoy taking a few risks and using some language that might, oh my God, dare I say it, have an opinion. Yes, you can even do that, right? Because it's okay if your language then repels other people, right? Just like a magnet, you need to attract some and repel others in order to sift and sort through the marketplace to be able to find those that want to magnetize to you. So test it out. Speak about what your opinion is. And I bet those who share the same belief will magnetize to you much more easily than using the methods of general generic language that you're possibly using now. Something that doesn't have great deep meaning doesn't call someone through their heart and speak to them and say, that's me. So don't fear using that language. You know, I love how Simon Sinek says that, you know, in his TED Talk, he says that, you know, what Apple did so well to attract an audience was the fact that they spoke what they believed and knew that other people who believed what they believed would be attracted to them. And yes, you have to have a little bit of trust. You have to have a little trust of doing that before the results come. And so you have to be willing to know who that audience is, say it, you know, speak about the opinions that you are sure your audience will share as well and things that they want to hear from you. Be willing to take a stance and they will be so excited you did and want to connect with you. Okay, and number seven is revisit your audience research as needed. This is not a one and done, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. You know, I hope that you will keep in mind that your target market could and likely will change over time, right? You know, Back in the 1980s, Atari made a gaming console to kids. But today, Atari is targeting the same people who played its games back in the 1980s, but now are those who are 35 and up, who view Atari not as a cutting-edge gaming system, but a nostalgic piece of their childhood. They evolved. The brand evolved with their target market and stayed in business and stayed relevant because they knew their target market and because they were willing to evolve with them. Can you think of other brands that didn't? I can think of a few. Kodak. Our customer doesn't want digital. Mm, That didn't work out so well. How about Blockbuster had the ability to buy Netflix for $50 million. That's not what our customer wants. Not true. When you stay stuck in the beliefs and you're unwilling to evolve with your target market, that's typically when people go out of business. So continue to stay engaged and revisit it as much as needed. How do you know that you need to revisit it? When you are feeling as though your audience is no longer responding to your message, they are not constantly saying to you, oh my gosh, that's me, you get me, it's like you're living inside my head. When you no longer hear that from your audience, then you know you need to go back and do some research. So I know that there was a lot in this episode, a lot for you to take action on, a lot for you to be able to take in and think about, and a lot of shifts for you to be able to make. I hope that you will choose not to be overwhelmed, right? Because it's all a choice. But that you will choose to see this information as an opportunity for growth and that you will see all of these different action steps that you can take as an opportunity for you to reach your audience in an entirely new way. 
If you're not doing any of these things yet, congratulations. Think of all of the amazing upward trajectory your business is getting ready to experience. Don't feel shame and frustration. Feel excitement for what's ahead. And if you're doing all of these now, kudos to you. I'm thrilled that you know your audience that well. Keep serving them in the amazing way that you are, knowing that there's no magic pill, right? There's no magic button you're missing. You just keep serving in a really authentic, genuine way and keep asking questions of your audience about what they want and how you can best serve them and they will stay with you. So thank you for being my audience. Thank you for sticking with me and thank you for letting me serve you. I hope this episode was helpful. Can't wait to see you guys explode in your service of your audience in the coming days and weeks ahead. Thanks for listening. So what did you think, listeners? Did you learn a thing or two about your audience in this latest episode? I certainly hope so. I hope it has you filled with lots of excitement and lots of joy about the opportunities ahead for your business. If you're sitting here though thinking, wow, I sure wish I had someone to be able to walk me through step-by-step identifying who my target audience is and how I can attract them and what specific messaging and language I can use, well, guess what, you're in luck. That's exactly a portion of what we do inside my 90-day signature coaching program, The Revenue Roadmap. After the first four weeks when we develop a plan for your revenue and the growth of your overall business and we deal with everything from time management to your mindset, we spend four weeks focused in on your customer and the attraction of your ideal customer. You will leave with specific messaging on what to say and how to make sure that your message resonates with your customer in this most ideal way. And then we'll have you on your way in the last four weeks of our revenue roadmap with you actually launching your new revenue stream or launching your new messaging and products and services in such a way where not only are they going to raise their hand and say, you are for me, but they are actually going to convert and pay you to use your products and services following your launch process. So. If you are excited about what I've shared in this episode and thinking I need accountability to make this happen, then make sure you head to growwiththebrim.com. That's growwiththebrim, B-R-I-M-M.com and apply under the Revenue Roadmap Coaching Program. And hopefully I will see you in an upcoming session of our 90-day program. Thanks for joining me. Hope you have a great day.